I'm Romano Georgi. Welcome to the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. This podcast packs three life-bettering, easy-to-grasp principles into weekly 15-minute episodes. These life hacks are designed to improve your mental, social, and financial health and wealth. Give the next 15 your full and undivided attention, for the much better you is waiting. Hello, I hope this podcast finds you well. My name is Romano Giorgi and I am beyond excited to be bringing you my brand new The Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. Please note that everything linked to this podcast is on my website, themuchbetteryou.com. And of course, I have social media platforms with the handle 3 in 15 podcast. Now, before we plunge in, spoiler alert. All principles or views presented are not given as advice. I repeat, I am not giving you advice. They are only my own explanation or interpretation of what I've read, learned or experienced. And that what may resonate for me may not necessarily translate over into your own life. All I ask is for you to take a few moments to reflect on how things are going for you and whether anything in this podcast can help you to improve some key aspect of your life, perhaps through better social interactions or maybe improved mental health. I believe that everyone stands to benefit from the learned wisdom of a thousand incredible lifetimes. I say this because this podcast was born out of two years worth and ongoing of COVID-19 lockdown research that essentially saw me unable to get into the office. I couldn't go to work. I was stuck at home. And so I threw myself into a variety of online and eventually in-person training courses in such varied fields as uh, neuro-linguistic programming, cognitive behavioral therapy or property investment, to name but a few. I also listen to other noteworthy podcasts focusing on self and financial improvement. And of course, I read loads of books from some of the greatest thinkers of our time and way back when. You know, it's pretty amazing that one can absorb a lifetime of wisdom in just a few days by reading just the one book. Or better still, plug alert, by listening to this very podcast that every week distills down all this amazing insight into bite-sized chunks that anyone can wrap their chops around. On the surface of it, and as per this podcast description, principles focusing on the mental, social and financial health and wealth, it may seem to some like too many and varied subjects to generate a cohesive podcast, let alone a concise one. Well, I say, think again, Batman. You see, Good mental health will be intrinsically linked to how you're able to interact with others and how you perceive these interactions. A positively abundant mindset will likely precede a successful career. And a fulfilling career, or more importantly, a fulfilling life, will likely entail significant social engagement. There is so much crossover between the mental, social and financial wealth and health principles that... Even though in the planning stage of this podcast, I try to separate these subjects out into different podcast categories, I just couldn't do so without losing the significant impact that I know this one podcast will have. 
I will, however, as much as possible, evenly spread out the mental, social and financial wealth health principles so that each episode will teach you something that's good for your mind, your social chops and your pocket. Indeed, many of the people whose teachings I'm passing on to you have recognised patterns in the thinking or behaviours of the ultra-successful that I am going to articulate for you in this podcast. And by ultra-successful, I mean success in all aspects of life, not just financial, for instance. And just like an episode of Columbo, One other thing. By the way, I love Columbo. These episodes are designed to be standalone so that anyone tuning into any random episode can still fully benefit from the shared insights of that one episode. And this also makes these episodes perfect for sharing with friends and family as deeper learning and power comes from sharing knowledge, not keeping it all to yourself, you selfish so-and-so. But anyway... In order for this podcast's golden nuggets to positively affect you, you will need to take full responsibility for yourself in order to implement these wonderful nuggets. Now, while I appreciate that take full responsibility for yourself sounds a little bit abstract and maybe even a little bit harsh, I say this. No matter what life throws at you, be it a lottery win or financial dice trace or the loss of a loved one, It is how you choose to respond to these events that will determine whether you sink or swim, grow strong or weak, move forward or stay unhealthily anchored to the past. I will say it again. It is how you choose to respond to these events that will determine your outcomes. Most of us crave fulfillment, happiness and connection. So why wouldn't we work as striving to get these things? Unfortunately, most of us live life on autopilot. We get up, we go to a job that may or may not fill us with joy. We come home, we have dinner, we stump in front of the TV, we watch Netflix and all the news, which invariably is about all the negative things happening in the world. Then with all these depressing depressing images still fresh in our brains, we go to bed and then the next day we repeat and so on and so forth. And of course, let us not forget all the in-between moments that often add up to hours a day looking at our smartphones, reacting to the agendas of others via emails, WhatsApp messages or social media posts. Whether you consider these things to be necessities or not, and I'm sure your nine to five job is a necessity, for instance, it may well be your past conditioning or limiting beliefs that tell you that even though you may not particularly enjoy your job, you know, that thing that takes up half your life and the vast majority of your best years, even though your job may not fulfill you, your past conditioning or limited beliefs will tell you that you need to do it anyway. These beliefs may tell you that you're not smart enough or that you're too old to change jobs. You're too old to get that dream job or just another few years and that mortgage will get paid off. And then my real fulfilled life begins. Oh my gosh. What a loaded codswallop. As long as you're not trying to defy the laws of physics or nature, you can do whatever you choose to do. Okay, preamble over. Unless you are operating a high-speed biological hazard containing centrifuge, sit back, relax and plug in. This will feel a little weird.
Welcome to the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. Episode 1, Principle 1, Invest in Your Sleep. Sleep is the foundation upon which many of the other principles in this podcast are based. So I'm going to start with this one because it crosses over with all areas of our health. Now, according to world-renowned sleep scientist, Professor Matthew Walker, sleep is your life support system and apparently Mother Nature's best effort yet at immortality. He references in his interviews, and I have to admit they're top-notch TED Talks, he references significant studies that demonstrate the alarmingly bad things that happen to you, both cognitively and physiologically, when you don't get enough sleep. Without wishing to give you nightmares, no pun intended, (laughs) check out these four nasties. There is a global sleep experiment that takes place twice a year. This is known as daylight saving hours, where in spring we lose an hour and in autumn we gain an hour. According to recent studies, when we lose an hour of sleep in spring, the next day heart attack rates increase across the globe by 24%. But when we gain an hour in autumn, we see a 21% reduction in heart attacks. Furthermore, the same profile is approximately reflected in the rates of road traffic accidents and even suicides. That's pretty shocking, isn't it? Sleep deprivation is well known to be linked to cardiovascular disease, neurological diseases such as dementia, premature ageing and cancer. In fact, the WHO or World Health Organization has listed all forms of night shift working as a carcinogen. Holy There is no major psychiatric condition in which sleep is normal. And finally, men who regularly sleep five hours a night have significantly smaller testicles than men who sleep seven hours or more. I bet you won't forget that last one. The list goes on, but essentially Walker says that there is not one part of our physiological or neurological health that is not negatively impacted by poor sleep. So what can we do to address this? Here are some top tips that Walker recommends to help improve sleep. If you're an adult, you should try to get somewhere between 7 to 9 hours sleep a night. Go to bed at the same time every night and get up at the same time every morning, regardless of weekdays or weekends, because we're programmed to be creatures of habit. In fact, according to clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson in In a book that I really recommend, um, 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, he had many clients whose anxiety was reduced to subclinical levels merely because they started to sleep on a predictable level. So to repeat, go to bed at the same time every night and get up at the same time every morning. Darkness is king. Sleep in a dark room by using perhaps... Uh, blackout blinds or eye masks, for instance, like they give you on airplanes. Plus an hour or so before going to bed, try dimming the lights, as this will help you to get sleepy. And please, please, please keep away from those bloody smartphones, tablets or bright computer screens, as this will only serve to fool your brain into thinking it's daytime again. And then finally, if you can't sleep at night when you go to bed, Get out of bed, go in another room and do something else instead until you feel sleepy again, as otherwise your mind will make an unhealthy association between lack of sleep and your bed. 
Invest in your sleep. Episode 1, Principle 2. Shift your perspective. So I kind of got a speeding ticket recently. And in order to not get points for my drive license, I had to attend what is called in the UK a speed awareness training course that is run by the police. And at one stage, the trainer asked my group about what driving situations we found ourselves in that made us drive in a more irritable or dangerous manner. Now, people that know how I drive um, will know that there were many examples for me. But but the example I gave was being late for an appointment and then being stuck behind a really slow driver or perhaps a driver that was slow to get away from the traffic lights. So cutting to the chase, a simple solution was to better manage my time so that I wouldn't put myself in a situation where I was going to be late in the first place. But another angle I came up with was essentially to shift my perspective the next time I was stuck behind a slow driver. What if the person in front of me had just lost a loved one? What if they had just come back from a cancer diagnosis? What if they were frail or elderly? Or what if they were depressed or just having a really bad day? And you know what? I've since found it really quite interesting how a simple shift in perspective alone has really helped me to to kind of be better or a more patient person. Now, in his groundbreaking book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey describes what he refers to as one such paradigm shift that he experienced. And by the way, the word paradigm essentially is from the Greek for frame of reference. Anyway, one day, Stephen Covey was sat on the New York subway train Everything was peaceful and civilised and then all of a sudden a guy got on the train with a couple of children. The children proceeded to run amok in the carriage, screaming, grabbing people's newspapers, really causing a crappy change in what was previously a really pleasant atmosphere. The man, however, seemingly oblivious to all this, just sat down next to Covey with his eyes closed. Like most people, Covey felt himself getting more and more irritated as the children continued to tear up the carriage, while their insensitive father just sat there doing nothing. Eventually, Covey snapped and turned around to the guy and said, Your children are really disturbing a lot of people. Can you not control them? To which the man lifted his gaze for the first time and softly said, Oh, you're right. I, I guess I should have done something about it. Um... We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I, I, I don't know what to think. And, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. That was me acting, by the way. Now, imagine, imagine being in Covey's position. Needless to say, Covey had an abrupt change in perspective or a significant paradigm shift. Suddenly, he saw things differently. And so he thought differently, felt and behaved differently. Essentially, his irritation vanished and was immediately replaced by both compassion and sympathy. Everything changed in an instant. And I'm willing to bet if you're a good person, you would have, ex- you would have experienced the same paradigm shift. Now, many people experience a similar fundamental shift in thinking when faced with perhaps a life-threatening crisis or when they step into a new role, for instance, a new time parent. The lesson here is that the map 
aka your perception, is not the territory because it is impossible for you, me or anyone to have the full picture or to know the full story of everything that is happening around us. So the next time someone winds you up or irritates you, please take a moment to pause and consider what may be happening to them in their lives. Something that may not be at all obvious to you. For to do so will help to unlock in you a humanity and compassion that may otherwise have lain dormant. Shift your perspective. Episode 1, Principle 3. Live in the now. Why are some people thrill seekers? Why do they race cars? Why do they do base jumping? Why do people do free climbing and scale mountains or skyscrapers without safety harnesses? Why do people get a buzz from doing these dangerous things? Let me tell you why without going into the physiochemistry of it all. It's because they are forced into the now, into the present. According to Eckhart Tolle, author of The Power of Now, For those few moments, thrill-seekers are intensely alive and experiencing a state that is free of time, free of problems, free of thinking, free of the burden of personality. Otherwise, slipping away from that present moment for even a second may mean death. Please just think about that for a moment. In those exhilarating moments, you do not have time to even think Call it instinct, call it muscle memory, call it whatever you want. It just kicks in. Now, guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a particularly spiritual person, but I must admit that when I read The Power of Now, so much of what Toll says in it feels true to me. Let me explain. Psychological fear comes in many forms. Uh, Worry, dread, phobia, anxiety. Psychological fear is always of something that might happen in the future, not of something that is happening now. You are in the here and now while your mind is in the future. This creates what is known as an anxiety gap, even though technically the only thing that is real is now, not the future, because it hasn't happened yet. So there's an anxiety gap between the real now and the mind projection that is the future. Similarly, the past no longer exists. There are things that happen in the past that we can learn from, which is very important, of course, but we may also derive negative emotions from the past. This may be anger or irritation at what someone has previously said or done, or, I don't know, perhaps frustration at not having got a promotion at work. So one of the drawbacks of our minds is that many of us spend inordinate amounts of time or thinking time, dwelling on the past, or worrying about the future, neither of which is real, because neither of which is now. Have I lost you yet? I I really hope not. Now, Toll is not saying that considering the past or planning for the future are not useful things to do, because you have lessons to learn, you have losses to process, or you have practical matters to organise. However, our minds are intrinsically linked to time. The compulsion is to live almost exclusively through memory and anticipation. This creates an endless preoccupation with the past and future and an unwillingness to honour and acknowledge the present moment and allow it to be. In Toll's own words, which I'm going to read, the compulsion arises because the past gives you an identity 
and the future holds the promise of salvation or fulfilment in whatever form. Both are illusions. Acknowledge the present moment and allow it to be, because it is impossible to experience, do, think or feel anything outside of the now. So back to me. What simple things can we do to be more in the present and reduce the impact of negative emotions that are anchored to the past and or the future? Now, I personally partake in some simple meditation, more often than not, first thing in the morning, whereby I focus in on and I feel my breathing. Also, making time to go for like nice walks, sort of smell some flowers in the garden, for instance, are really good grounding exercises. In fact, please try to regularly make some time to just look at and appreciate the beauty and wonder in simple things, maybe your curtains or a water bottle, anything that you can find. Or the next time you're eating a meal, take a few moments to really think about that meal, how it looks, tastes, smells. The how is more important than the what. For in doing so, you may truly experience the now. And another useful grounding strategy, which is often used to help people overcome panic attacks, for instance, is finding somewhere comfortable to sit and then, wherever you are, focusing on five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can taste, and one thing you can smell. And then you just take a few slow and deep breaths. Are you grounded yet? Good. Of course, it will be much easier to start doing this kind of stuff when there's not much stress buzzing about your head to distract you. But trust me, with repetition and practice, you'll find it easier and easier to do. And eventually, you'll be able to use these habits to block out unwanted negative emotions. Now, whether or not you're spiritual, I recommend you read The Power of Now. It may at first seem, and wrongly I feel, that the author is anti-thinking, anti-time, anti-mind. And I guess with good reason, because he doesn't pull any punches in his writing. But I don't think that would be fair on him or you. Because the book explicitly states that while the brain is, for want of a better description, a highly developed tool, by being better able to connect to the now, one may significantly reduce the amount of pain, sorry, reduce the amount of pain, stress and anxiety associated with a chattering mind. And therefore, one will have a greater clarity of thought when it is needed. Live in the now. So congratulations, you have made it to the end of your first episode of the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast, in which I covered three principles in 15 minutes. These principles being invest in your sleep, shift your perspective, and live in the now. Now remember, knowledge is only power if you use it or share it with others. So please share this podcast with your family and friends. Follow me on my social media handle, Free in 15 Podcast. And of course, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to this podcast and check my website, themuchbetteryou.com, where you can also leave me non-abusive and constructive feedback, please. And feel free to also suggest topics for forthcoming episodes. And of course, 
On the website, you can also find loads of other cool stuff too, including episode downloads, episode written transcripts, video links, reference material, chat forums, links to the music I use, plus loads of free other bonus material too. And finally, finally, every week, I'm going to finish with a closing statement that I would like you to think about, digest, and then let me know what you think it means generally, or perhaps what it means for you. Please respond on the Much Better You website or the 3 and 15 podcast Facebook group so that we can get some cool discussions going that I will then cross-examine in future podcast episodes. I really want this podcast to be as interactive as possible, plus I want you to shift my paradigms. Anyway, today's statement is, you see what you are. I repeat, you see what you are. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you at the next one.